Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dash Radio Show with your hosts, Don Wright DeBrantz and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the Dash Radio. Thanks and enjoy the show. Okay, we are here. This is Peter Mingles. I am co-host of the Dash Radio Show. And my usual co-host, Dawn Wright DeBronce, is not going to be here again because she's doing some work with a company that she's taking control of. Um, and you'll hear more about some of that sometime tomorrow. So I get a chance to have an interview with my special guest, Jim Beach, but I'm not going to let him say a word just yet. i got to share with you this. Just for Jim's uh, knowledge, we call this the Dash Radio for those people that are listening in. And the way that got started was we were thinking about a theme that we could have that would make an impact on people in the world. You know, there's a lot of negativity out there, maybe a lot of limiting factors. People put themselves in their own boxes, if you will. And when we were talking about stuff, I remembered that tombstone or that headstone where you have a date of birth, a date that you're done, and then the dash, and that dash represents everything in between. Well, there's so many people out there that fulfill their dash We wanted to have our little section of the world with our radio show giving people the opportunity to be able to express their dash and make a big difference because there's plenty of really great stuff out there and sometimes we just don't hear about it. Now in preparation to this, i got to share with you a real experience. First, I always do homework on the guests that we have. I love it that I can multitask as I'm doing some homework. I can pop on a YouTube video because most of our guests have a YouTube video or a video on their website. So I learn a lot by hearing and watching. So I have three monitors over here. And with Jim Beach, I found his website, schoolforstartups.com. And when I found that website, I started listening to him. And I sincerely said, oh, my gosh, This guy teaches exactly the opposite of everything that I've ever thought. So first I said to myself, holy cow, this is going to be interesting because he used the title of Entrepreneurship Without Creativity, Risk, and Passion. Now, I grew up in New York, so there's always that little sarcastic part of me that just has to make a little funny joke about what perhaps that might mean, and I'd say, you know, thank goodness I'm going to have him on our show. Jim, I'm saying this just for fun. Thank goodness I'm going to have him on my show because we've always learned that 95% or higher of the people that start a business wind up failing, and I never knew there might be somebody actually teaching that course, like guaranteed for failure. I say that just for fun because when he said, entrepreneurs without creativity, risk, or passion. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I I said, I'm going to learn something for sure. And then I started reading his bio. Well, let me share with you. This guy's got an impressive bio. He's going to tell you a little bit about his story. Well-educated, well-traveled, multilingual. This guy's done it before. He's raised the funds. He's driven the, the, the companies. He's 
uh, started stuff on his own. He's a successful entrepreneur. So when somebody says, as crazy as an idea of entrepreneurialism without those things, I said, I have to listen to my own show on this one. So, Jim, I hope you enjoy my little playfulness with you. But that is an interesting concept. So thanks for being on our show. I appreciate it, and I cannot wait to defend it and win you over to my side. <laughs> I, you know, now, i got to share with you this. My background was in direct sales, so I always said, you know, there's no real way to do it. I guess if you get the sale and it was legal and moral and ethical, you're kind of okay. So you could do everything exactly the opposite of what I teach and still make it work. Matter of fact, I would show sometimes people that they could do it exactly the opposite from the way we teach and still have it work, but there might be some people that might have a preferred style. So I'm all ears, and it's and you know I know that uh, we just sh- shared before we started this. We have a similar um, friendship as when I was in Chicago for a brief period of time as well. So I'm interested in everything that you have to say. But if you don't mind, can you give us something about your background? Because your background is very impressive. I mean, standing on its own, looking at that resume, I said to myself, this guy's really this guy's really walk the walk, talk the talk. The stuff that he's going to explain is going to be very, very, very valuable to everybody listening in as well as myself. So with great admiration and respect, can you give us your background? My goodness, you've built me up so much. Uh, I went to college and did a lot of my college in Japan. I also spent some time in my teens living in Spain uh, by myself. Uh, My parents actually let me do that. Uh, went to college, got a lot of Japanese, decided I was going to take over the world with uh, Japanese, got a job working for the Japanese government right out of college and helped American companies export to Japan. Did that for two years, went to graduate school in Japan, got a Japanese MBA, worked for Coca-Cola in Japan for about six, seven months doing an internship and thought that Coca-Cola would hire me and that I would work at Coca-Cola the rest of my life. And I came home to Atlanta to interview for jobs at Coca-Cola, and they told me that I had a bad reputation, that apparently I did not play well with others and suggested other career paths. And so I decided to become a carpenter um, because I had, you know, two or three master's degrees, and so that's what a lot of people with master's degrees do is go into carpentry. Uh And uh, I was going to go and get another master's degree in architecture because I thought I wanted to be an architect. And my parents said, well, you know, that's a wonderful idea. How are you going to pay for all of that? And so I decided that I needed to start a business. I was 25 and had never started a business, never taught, never done anything. But I made a list of all of the summer businesses that I could think of, you know, lawn mowing, pool cleaning, summer camps, you know, all this sort of silliness. And I ended up starting a summer camp company. You know, nothing could sound less sexy except that we grew to 90 locations taking care of 20,000 kids a week in three countries at places like Stanford, MIT, Georgetown, UCLA, uh, MIT, uh, SMU, University of Miami, whatever the big college or university in town was, that's where we were located. Grew that business to 700 employees doing about $12 million a year in revenue and then sold it in 2001 and became a college professor. And here is, I think, where the interesting part starts, Peter. The first semester I walked in, and my head was really big because I just sold a 700-person company. I was like, this entrepreneurship stuff is really easy. 
And it was an NBA class at a very good school. And they were like, no, Jim, it's not. It's hard. I was like, no, it's really easy. I promise. And they were like, no, Jim, it's hard. I was like, it's easy. And I stupidly backed my way into making a bet. I bet the class that I could start a business that semester. I could make it 100% cash flow positive and repay all my startup capital before the end of the semester. The students got to choose the country and the industry that I would start the business in, and if I failed, they would all get A's. The first semester was right after Whoa, 9-11. that was your last semester as a college professor, I'm guessing. After you did Yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the first semester they selected Pakistan and furniture. So I had three months to create a cash flow positive, no debt, Pakistani furniture company. Are you and kidding me? Are you, I did. When you I was, go online right now, Peter, and look at it because it's still there. I did. Uh, and, and I, I got to share, share with you that when I saw that, I could not connect the dots. I'm like, what in the world is this guy starting as his first company, some Pakistani-looking furniture company? I could not add it up. So I am so, <laughs> I am so glad that you told me you started that on a bet. It was because of a bet. Well, I did that 12 semesters in a row and never wow. once lost the bet. And so I'm convinced that at this point that it is a formula, that it's not uh, art, that it is science. One, two, three, four, five, do this, first, second, third, fourth. And we can, therefore, teach it. Anyone can, therefore, become an entrepreneur. And, therefore, creativity, risk, and passion have nothing to do with entrepreneurship. And those are the excuses, Peter, that you will hear for why people are not entrepreneurs. 72% of Americans secretly wish that they were entrepreneurs. 10% of Americans are. 62% of Americans are unhappy because they're not entrepreneurs. And so their excuses are, oh, I don't have my idea yet. God has not struck me with a creativity lightning bolt. I don't, I don't have an idea. When I get my idea, boy, I'm going to jump on it. Oh, I can't do it right now, Peter. My two boys are about to go off to college. I can't take that risk right now. Right. Oh, Peter, I would love to do it, but, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about woodworking, and no one's going to pay me to be a woodworker, so I, I'm just going to continue my job working for the man. All of those are myths and lies that people tell themselves to explain their inactivity and inertia. Wow. Well, I am going to listen and learn and take notes as we go. And I'm going to start to write my list of apology letters to all of the people that I probably have messed up because I've always thought that you had to have a passion for what you do. You have to have a moral compass. Hopefully you, hopefully, part of your stuff still includes a moral compass. So you need sure. to have a moral... you know, There's nothing about this has got nothing to do with breaking your morals. We want to okay, go good. to heaven. All right. So I always say you have to have a moral compass then I would always say you have to have a passion for what you do, a driving force, and you can correct me. And then I would also many times say you'd have to learn how to manage the distractions. So talk to us. I know we have, a, we have about a minute before we're going to start, you know, just spinning the first commercial. But talk to us a little bit about, you know, this startup school. Well, actually, you could take the next minute wherever you want to take it. And then we're going to come up, and I want to talk about the startup school. But um, help me with, like, what you would do with a guy like me that, Probably got to hope a little bit of it right, but maybe may have been pushing people away by saying you have to have a passion for what you do. 
I have a passion for going to soccer practice at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I have a passion for ballet at 3. I have a passion for going to Disney two weeks a year. I have a passion for the freedom. I have a passion for the process. I have a passion for the fact that I control my own destiny, not you. I don't care what I buy or sell as long as it's moral and legal. I will buy or sell anything if I can go to Disney more. I will do anything if I can go to more time with my children. I am passionate about my family and children, not things. I don't understand people who are passionate about things or even services. I work hard so that I can have more time with my family. That's what I'm passionate about. Okay, good. All right, so we're going to take a little commercial break, but we will be right back. Hold on one second for us. We're here with Jim Beach. Savage Smokes is a new site on the scene dedicated to the trending electronic cigarette industry. If you are looking into e-cigs as an alternative to tobacco and have been disappointed by the ones you picked up at the gas station or you've kept your money in your pocket because you didn't know which one to buy, head to SavageSmokes.com for honest and up-to-date electronic cigarette reviews on most e-cigs you see on the shelves. You've been listening to The Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now, back to the show. We are back. This is Peter Mingles, my special guest, Jim Beach. I am riding solo today without my co-host, Dawn Wright DeBronce. She is right now doing her thing with a company, probably turning those guys and gals upside down, making them go in 27 different directions, whipping them into shape. That gal is amazing when you watch her work. And um, I am running today's call. Tomorrow, I think we're going to have Bill Starkey on the other line, who is the owner of uh, said company that she is turning all over the place and doing some of the cool things that she's been doing. So she'll be back tomorrow. But right now, I am enjoying our stay with Jim Beach. Now, Jim, my background was in direct sales, direct sales management. I run my own company. I'm an old-fashioned guy that nothing happens until somebody sells something kind of an attitude. So I always like to show people where they can go, and while they're listening to us, find your stuff and learn about the things that you have available because you've been nice enough to put some of the things that you have in courses and in writing and different things. So for those people that want to find out where they can find and buy your stuff, where would we go? Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. It's schoolforstartups.com. And if you go to Amazon and buy the book first, so buy the book School for Startups, and you can get the Kindle version, for I think, for $9.00. At the back of the book, there's a code that gives you a free month access to 80 hours of videos that my co-author, Chris Hanks, and I did. We are both college professors. We're both non-PhD college professors, and that means we're interesting and not boring. And we've taken three whole semesters of college-level, MBA-level entrepreneurship, but that sounds that's very oxymoronic, I know. We're also successful entrepreneurs, and we took everything we knew and put it into these videos, uh, 80 hours worth of videos. Wow. And so you get all of that for free for eight, well, eight bucks. You get you know the book and uh, 80 hours of video, and it teaches everything you, know, you need to know. It starts at the absolute beginning, which is 
you know, debunking these myths about risk, creativity, and passion. And then it sort of redefines entrepreneurship. If it's not those, what is it? And then it sort of rebuilds from there and says, here are the principles that we believe guarantee that you will not fail. You know, I know that sounds silly, but we believe we can do that. You know, and there's some things, some principles that we have that we've, you know, instilled in people, for example, we won't let you start your business with more than $500. If you want to start with more than $500, you need to go somewhere else. Um, our students, our, you know, our, the people who work with us start for under $500. And it's really, you know, that changes the whole perception of risk. It also changes perceptions of how big your company can be. Well, you know that company I was telling you about before, before the commercial with, you know, $12 million in revenue, that company was started for $100. So this idea that risk is essential is something else that I have trouble with. And so one of the things that we try to do at the school is redefine what you think entrepreneurship, redefine how you look at risk, and then tell you, here's what we suggest you do if you believe. If you believe us that creativity is worthless, you know, it's cool sometimes, but you don't need it. You know, 93% of entrepreneurs don't need it. Um, if you're part of that 93%, and I can convince you that we can do creativity less entrepreneurship, then come on and board and enjoy the book for eight bucks, get some videos for free. That is amazing, and thank goodness for the wide distribution, because for you to have that information available to us for eight bucks is unheard of. I mean, so I want to make sure that I know where to find this. So where do we find that information? I know you told me. I got my pen written. I'm writing it down. There's a whole bunch of other people that are probably doing the same. Where do we find it? Uh, School for Startups on Amazon is the best place to start because that will give you the code, the secret code. So buy the book, School for Startups on Amazon. There's also schoolforstartups.com, and you can go and preview some of the videos and some of that and read the blog and, you know, get a lot of what we're talking about. Uh, We're not bashful about hiding what our secret sauce is. You You don't have to buy the program to learn what our secret sauce is. Our secret sauce is we eliminate creativity, risk, and passion, and then figure out how to be a business owner. Wow. Okay. So, you know, I'm at a loss of what to say for the next step because I need some explanations of how you might say, you know, you don't need that creativity, that risk, or that passion. So can you help focus my thoughts on why you might say those things? Because, you know, as an entrepreneur, I don't want to say that I'm doing it all wrong. But for me, I'm sitting here constantly trying to figure out different ways that have to be done and anticipating perhaps the next step. So maybe I'm just one of those tougher entrepreneurs or maybe I'm just – I don't know how to describe that, but help me with that whole concept because if you said creativity really isn't a big factor, I'd be at a loss to kind of give you any level of explanation for that. So help me. Hyatt, Hilton, Sheraton, Marriott, Adidas. Nike, McDonald's, Burger King, Crystal's, Hardee's. There's nothing wrong with being me too. There's nothing wrong with going into an industry that someone is already in. This idea that you have to do something new and creative, that's the problem. 93% of all businesses around the world, according to the Global Entrepreneurship Monitor published by the London School of Economics, 
93% of businesses around the world are copies of other businesses. Okay. What's wrong, Peter, with getting an Inc. magazine, reading about what someone's doing in Seattle and saying, I could do this in West Palm Beach. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, what's wrong with that? Do you nothing, get right? discounts? It's nothing. You know. So let me say, you go out to dinner with your friend, and you, your friend say, "So Peter, what's going on in your life?" And you say, "Well, I've decided to start a new business." Your friends are going to be impressed, jealous, envious. Wow, that's cool. Tell me about it. And you're going to tell them the cool idea that you had, and they're going to be jealous, envious, and impressed. And they're impressed because you're being braver than them. You're actually doing something. And then they say, well, how did you get this idea? And you say, oh, I read about it on a website. I was bored, and so I Googled free business ideas. And you know what? I found that there were 100 websites that give away business ideas. You don't have to be creative. All you have to do is copy one of these business ideas. And so I decided to do that. Well, are your friends going to go, oh, that's not cool then. I thought you were cool until I learned you stole the idea. No, they're still jealous, envious. They still wish that they had the cojones to get off the sofa and go start a business. When you cash your first check, Peter, your first customer writes you a check and you take it into the bank, do they go, oh, I'm sorry, Peter, we're taking 10% off the top of this check because this business is really like someone in Seattle. No, there's no bonus for creativity. There's nothing, you don't get anything extra. And a lot of times, if you're the first in the space, that's the worst. That's hard. You have to actually plow on, you know, new territory. That can be really difficult. So all I'm suggesting is there's nothing wrong with creativity. If you have a new cool idea, awesome, you're lucky. If you don't have a new cool idea, get on Mr. Google, type in cool business ideas, find something, and copy it. There's nothing wrong with running another really well-executed pet food store. We need more really well-executed pet food stores because service in the world sucks, and we need people who are good at it. And if you have a good, well-run bookstore, I'm going to come there. Right. Okay, good. So that's your creativity side. Now let's talk about risk. Because what do they? Okay. What's the expression? You know, what, what is the expression? You got to spend money to make money. You know, and well, I'm sure all I, the venture capitalists out there are going to say you're limiting yourself unless you raise b- 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 bazillions of dollars. Well, you know, what's wrong with limiting ourselves? What's wrong with saying I am not going to start a 100 million dollar cell phone company? You know what? I don't know that we need another cell phone company, and I can't raise 100 million dollars. So let's talk about reality, what I can really do. You know, the most I can raise is $5,000. That's the absolute most. Well, then what's wrong with saying that's all you need? And if you go back in history, you will find that 400 of the, uh, 450, 425 of the Fortune 500 were started with essentially no money, under $100, under $500. My company was started for $100. It grew to $12 million in revenue. At Christmas, Peter, I challenged my wife on Christmas this year, so six months ago, to start a business. On December 26th, she incorporated a business. She spent $100 to start her business. It now, in month six, makes $5,000 a month in revenue and makes about $2,000 a month in profit. There was no risk in starting that business. I'm sorry. She risked 20 hours of time. 
you know, for an entrepreneur, that's not really what we call risk. Right. You yeah, don't exactly. have to put in money to start your business. That is a preconceived idea that the mm-hmm. media has given us that is just not true. I can find ways to start businesses with no money. I've done it too many times. There's too many tricks. There's too many great ways to bootstrap. There's too many people that will help you. And here's you mentioned this earlier when you said that you were in direct sales, and this is the first thing that jumped to my mind. I knew I was going to say this later. There are too many customers that will pay you for something that you don't even have yet. It's true. And that happens all the time. And so I can go pre-sell, then create, then fulfill, and I don't need the money to start up the company. And don't tell me it's impossible. I've seen it happen too many times. Right. So I don't believe in risk. I don't think that you have to start with a big pot of money. I just don't. I've seen it too many times work better the other way. And you know what? I did raise a bunch of money one time, and you know what I did? I spent it on stupid stuff like dancing laser logo machines for my lobby. You know, Peter, when you walked in my lobby, my laser dancing machine had my logo on the floor like at the NBA games. You know what the ROI on that machine was? Yeah, nothing. That was just kind of like dumb. Yep. Exactly. But you know what? That's what happens when you give people money. They do stupid stuff. And here's another thing. If I have no money and I sell stuff, I know my model is working. If I have money and sell stuff because I discounted or whatever, I don't know that the ultimate model will work. The model might not work unless I build a business entirely free. You know, that's not a business. There's no revenue stream. You know, so we don't know that taking the risk is going to guarantee the success. I like to go out and see if I can sell something before I even bother getting a bank account in that company's name. Okay, so we handled the creativity. Now we kind of tackled the risk thing. I'm sure we're going to cover some of those again as we blend this for the next half hour. But let's start talking about passion. Um, That might be a hard Go ahead. That might be a hard direction for some people. Well, you know, I already told you, I'm passionate about being with my family more. I'm the woodworker. Before I alluded to woodworking, I love woodworking. If I could, you know, if I can't be at Disney World with my children, my second choice would be in uh, a woodworking shop, building some beautiful furniture. Well, I do. I get to woodwork quite a bit, and I'm still taking lessons and everything, and I built a chair, and I sat on it, and the chair collapsed to the floor because I'm not very good at it, Peter. You know, just because some people love what they do, that doesn't mean that everyone's going to be that fortunate. I've decided that I'm willing to do things that I like so that I can do more of what I love. Uh And that's a decision that I've made as a person. I've decided that I'm willing to write books and go on radio shows to talk about them to make a living even though you know, I love being with you, Peter. I love your audience. I'd rather be at Disney right now. I'm, I'm right. bluntly honest. I'd rather be at a Disney restaurant right now. And so, you know, I though have come to the realization I cannot get what I want out of this world. I want financial freedom. I want excessive financial freedom so that I can do excessive vacations like Disney. You know, that's an expensive place to go. Uh-huh. Um, I want freedom overall. I want to control my own destiny. I don't want to get fired one day simply because my division got sent to China or India. I don't want that sort of uh, 
you know, yeah, uh, a lack of control. Over my head. Well, lack of control. Right. It's a lack of control. I like being in control. And you add all of that up, and I love my lifestyle. I love Excellent. every day. I love getting up in the morning, but I don't love the thing I'm selling. I love the process of selling it because I get to wear flip-flops if I want to. Nice. Well, we're going to take a couple of second break over here. We'll be right back. We're talking to Jim Beach, and uh, we're going to talk. I'm going to come back and let me make sure you guys know where to buy the book on Amazon. Take advantage of his wonderful offer. We'll be right back. With iWowee, you've got a comprehensive video communication suite that will deliver more power, more impact, and more features than any other option. The iWowee video suite offers all these powerful tools and more. Multi-purpose video email for individualized one-to-one messages. Powerful video conferencing for collaborating many-to-many. Fast, efficient broadcasting for elegant one-to-many communications. There's no complicated separate products, no confusing monthly subscription plans, and no special hardware to buy. If you've got a webcam and internet access, you have all the tools you need to strengthen relationships, expand any business, touch lives, and change the world. You've been listening to The Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronx and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now, back to the show. Okay, we are back. Peter Mingles co-hosting the Dash Radio. My co-host, Dawn Wright DeBronce, is right now busy doing some other stuff. She's been busy for the last couple of weeks, helping set up a marketing department, advertising stuff, really cool stuff for a really neat company. And she's been so busy with that, I said, Dawn, take a little bit of time off. Get that stuff done because, you know, when you're in the middle of something, you want to keep the rhythm going. I'll handle the radio shows this week, and I am really pleased to have our guest speaker on tonight. This is Jim Beach. B-E-A-C-H. He has a website called schoolforstartups.com. He's a gentleman that, when he was younger, visited and lived in Spain, visited and lived in Japan, uh, went to Atlanta for his dream job at Coca-Cola, because that's, I guess, where Coca-Cola has their headquarters, and found out that they thought he should do something else. And when he started as something else, it led him on an entrepreneurial, I hope I'm using the right word, venture that now he teaches entrepreneurs and i gotta share with you i i am amazed that he and his partner have been able to put together 80 hours of video and a book and a whole bunch of other stuff available for us that we can start our little journey through amazon for less than 10 bucks so when we talk about entrepreneurship without creativity, risk, and passion, and you can start your journey with Jim and his partner and buy a book, an e-book, I'm guessing, for 8 bucks, I don't want to say you'd be crazy if you didn't get started looking at it, but I know, Jim, right after I'm done with this, I'm hitting Amazon, I'm buying that. I have two children that are just starting their entrepreneur, I guess three, three children that are just starting their entrepreneurial ventures. They're all under 25. They're all either going to school or going to graduate school or maybe trying to figure out what they want to do. And I know as a dad, I'm not so sure if finding a traditional job is really worth it for them. 
So I don't know how to thank you any more than saying, you know what, you're probably helping to be an integral part of those people's lives as I am definitely buying that book on Amazon. So I say that sincerely. We have some guests on the phone or on our radio show where I don't buy their book, but relative to yours, <laughs> if you're an entrepreneur, I would just go out there and get started with this. So, again, you can find it on Amazon. Uh, School for Startups is what you'll be searching for, and it'll be the best less than 10 bucks you ever spent. So, Jim, okay, so next topic. Um, let's talk a little bit about the economy. Because some people might consider the economy being, well, you know, Jim did in 2001. You know, we were, the Internet was still relatively new, and he was able to do some of these things, and, you know, the business was booming just before 9-11 or whatever. Some people are going to come up with some levels of excuses. Oh, that was before the recession, but we're still in a recession-slash-depression. Or maybe my funding isn't there. Maybe my finances aren't in order, and all those other excuses people would come up with. Talk to us about the timing of now. Like, is this a good time to actually implement any of the things that you're going to teach us? I think now is the best time to start a new business for several reasons. One is this. Right now, the economy is still bad, which means that people's dollars are tight. If you can sell something now, that means it will really sell. Imagine how much you could sell of it if the economy were to grow, you know, 5% for the next two or three years, your sales would dramatically increase. On the other hand, if you start when the economy is great and get lots of sales, you think that's normal. You think that it's always going to be that way, but it's not. You know, the economy is cyclical. And all of a sudden, you have a company that's staffed for a great economy that has the mentality of a great economy, and then it goes into a recession, depression, and they have no clue how to operate because they've never had to fight on price or service or quality or any of the things. They were just simply selling because the economy, you know, back in 2001, you're right, we could sell almost anything back then. But, you know, that's what the beauty of this story is. I started that business in 93, 94, which was another recession every time, and then sold it in 2001 at the absolute peak. That's the way to do it. So if that's your strategy, if your strategy is to sell it at the peak, that means by definition you should start it when things are bad, right? That's Which right. means by definition you've got to start now. And plus, it's really hard to sell a business that you haven't started yet, you know? And so the excuse, I'm going to wait till the economy picks up, why don't you just go ahead and say you're not going to do it? You know, I mean, let's be honest. You're just not going to do it. And let me talk about politics for a second, too. That's the economy. Let me talk about politics. The Atlanta Business Chronicle asked me to do an article right after the election. They wanted an entrepreneur's take on the Obama victory. And I think I surprised them a little bit because the article that I wrote said, I could care less about who wins the political office. It's totally irrelevant to me. When I started my business in 1993, my first business, I didn't say, hmm, Bill Clinton just got into office. Maybe I should wait. No, I didn't say that. When Henry Ford started his business, he didn't go, hmm, I wonder if the political situation is right. People don't say that. If you want to start a business and you have customers, you go start the business. You don't sit around and go, wow, you know, the Obama guy, he's really attacking small business right now, and now it's just not the time to be a small business. We don't care. When an entrepreneur 
all an entrepreneur wants, Peter, is to know what the rules are. Tell me what the rules are. I'm going to go play the game. Am I allowed to bribe the referee or not? Just tell me. Am I allowed to push? Just tell me. Am I allowed to use my hands or is this a foot-only game? All I want to know is what the rules are, and the person who's called an entrepreneur wants to go play. And as a matter of fact, the person who's an entrepreneur probably wants to be the guy at bat in the bottom of the ninth inning. That is true. So give us some examples. Like you said, you know, you get a lot of people in your classes that get started a business for $500 or less. Your wife started something for far less than that. She turned it into a profitable business within the first year. You know, sometimes we hear all this stuff that most businesses fail because they're undercapitalized. And then we hear that, you know, most businesses fail within five years. And almost if they didn't fail in the first five, they'll fail in the next ten. So how in the world are you breaking that cycle or that mindset? What kinds – so here's my pointed question. How or what kind of businesses do people start for such a little bit amount of money? Can you give us maybe a few examples of some of your favorite stories? I can. uh, The book – the the thing I like about School for Startups book is that it's not me telling my story for – 200 pages. What we did is I went out and found, I think, 12 really cool stories of people who actually, whether they knew it or not, lived by the principles that we were teaching. We told their stories, so it's through their eyes. One of them is a guy named Joey Tatum. Joey Tatum worked for the University of Georgia cleaning fish on one of their fish research vessels. Okay, Can you imagine a worse job? And his job, you know, he wanted his goal in life was to own a bar. And he wanted a nice bar, you know, with plaques and, you know, just a gorgeous old-timey bar. And he was starting to get a little bit old, and he was up like 28, 29, and he hadn't accomplished his goal. And he was like, you know what, maybe I can't afford this gorgeous bar. Maybe I should just start with a bar. Not gorgeous bar, not bar with brewing equipment that costs $2 million and these huge lobbies with soaring you know, brass, you know, equipment. Maybe I should just start bar. And so, Peter, what he did was he found a old abandoned uh, hair salon, still had the rings on the floor where the, the chairs used to be. He went to the flea market. He rented the space, went to the flea market, bought flea market furniture and chairs. For his opening weekend, he had 12, 12 packs. He didn't even have kegs because he couldn't afford the deposit on the kegs he started a bar for under five hundred dollars it was the biggest dump on earth well now 15 years later it's still the biggest dump on earth five or six bars have come and gone across the street but you know what he made enough money weekend one to buy beer for weekend two Weekend two he bought or you know, made enough money for the next weekend to buy popcorn and beer for weekend three and a bottle of vodka. We're getting better. He now owns, I think, nine bars and restaurants. One of them is gorgeous, absolutely the way he wanted, but he started with 500 bucks, a restaurant empire. I mean, you think of restaurant empires being started with millions. No, oh, yeah. $500. Uh Tierra Reed wrote the conclusion for our book. She was one of my students. Um, I had her undergraduate and in graduate school. And she was a mother of two, got laid off, and she wanted to 
to have a high-end clothing store. And I was like, well, you know, maybe you should start with just a low-end clothing store. And so she started a consignment clothing store that was not nearly as nice as what she wanted and not in a great part of town. But now she has four of them. And she also is on the Oprah Winfrey uh, Sparkle and Hustle Tour as one of the speakers talking about how to start a black-owned female business. Um, She started that business, I think, for $4,000, bought every single one of her display cases and racks on Craigslist used. Don't tell me it can't be done. Don't tell me it can't be done in any industry. You know, it's, it's just, it's an excuse, Peter. It's because people haven't looked hard enough to find out, oh, wait, that guy did exactly what I said I want to do, and he did it for four grand. Damn it. Now what do I say? What's my excuse now, honey? You know, right, exactly. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. It's just been done too many times. If you look hard enough, you'll find someone who did it that way. And you know what? I guarantee you this. If you were to go to Athens, Georgia, and go to a bar called the Manhattan and look for a bald guy who's about 50 and walk up to him and say, are you Joey? He's going to say yes. And you say, tell me your entire story, exactly what to do step by step to be you. He'll tell you word for word what to do to emulate him. It's not a secret. So if someone buys the book on Amazon and they're previewing some of these videos, what are they going to find? Like, I, I was looking at this at the website, um, schoolforstartups.com, and when I went there, I saw some titles of some subjects, and I don't have it right in front of me, but as you know, you have a first session or a first kind of column, like a Chinese menu, then you go into the next column as you start to get to that next level, not another one. Give us some ideas of some of the content that we are going to learn if we start to take a look at some of those videos inside that book. Well, you know, we start off at the very beginning, which is ideation, creativity and ideation, how to get an idea. And we are very comfortable teaching borrow, steal, copy, and emulate. You know, of course, we are ethical. We do not believe in copying trademarks or patents or anything like that. But a business idea is not patented. You're allowed to see a pet store go, I can run a better pet store and then go do that. And so, you know, we're talking about ideation, how to get started with ideas and creativity. Then we talk about testing the idea. And we have about seven hours entirely on testing out of an idea. And I I wasn't being uh, silly when I said 10 minutes ago, Peter, that I like to have a business that's already got a sale and no checking account. I'm 100% serious. I don't get a checking account until I have a check to put into it. I don't get a business license until I have a checking account. I just don't do those things because they're not part of my steps, right? So we talk about what are the first steps. You know, in our crazy world where creativity, risk, and passion are worthless, what are the first steps in that kind of a world? We then talk about how to name a company. We have some very strict rules about that because You know, we have a system, and if you're going to do the system, you need to name the company right or the system doesn't work as well. So we talk about that. And then we talk about the initial marketing, you know, how are you going to sell your very first product. And then we teach every single student how to build their own website, right? We don't have $5,000, $5 million to go start this business. We're going to do it on a shoestring. So that means you're programming your own website. Every website that you see, I built, or me and my employees built. Um, 
you know, we're going to teach you how to build not a gorgeous, perfect website, but an operational website that you can change for free by yourself. You want to announce a sale this weekend? We're going to teach you how to do that on your website so that you don't have to pay some web designer $700 just to announce a sale. So we do that. Then we move into finance. We, we have bootstrapping rules. I think we have 74 different ways to bootstrap a business. We talk about that. Talk about how some, raise some people capital. Might, some people not, might not be familiar with that term bootstrap. So explain that for those people that might not be familiar with that term, please. Uh, when it gets really muddy and your boots are bogged no, down, no, you reach no. down into the mud <laughs> with your hands, and you pull your bootstraps out of the mud, and it's the exact same thing when you're starting a business. Life is hard. You're in the deep mud. It means you. Dig down deep into your soul and start the business with nothing but your shoestrings. You don't spend five million; you spend five thousand. So bootstrapping are the steps, and they could be technical things that we can teach you. And there's sometimes they're just you know cultural things like starting in your in your garage and in your basement to save money. Uh, bootstrapping are the steps that you use to create a business for no money. Okay, got it. Okay, good. Hey, I want right. to continue with the stuff they're going to learn, but I, I'm over time for commercials, so hold on one second. Get with me, guys. We'll be right back with Jim Beach. With iWowee, you've got a comprehensive video communication suite that will deliver more power, more impact, and more features than any other option. The iWowee video suite offers all these powerful tools and more. Multi-purpose video email for individualized one-to-one messages. Powerful video conferencing for collaborating many-to-many. Fast, efficient broadcasting for elegant one-to-many communications. There's no complicated separate products, no confusing monthly subscription plans, and no special hardware to buy. If you've got a webcam and internet access, you have all the tools you need to strengthen relationships, expand any business, touch lives, and change the world. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronx and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the dash radio. And now, back to the show. Okay, we are back. Peter Mingles and Mr. Jim Beach. B-E-A-C-H. Buy the book on Amazon. Take advantage of the 80 hours of videos that he has for less than 10 bucks. You can buy the book, have access to the stuff. Um, uh, how do I say? Just take advantage of this stuff because it could be lifestyle or life changing experience that he is sharing with you and he's giving you a lot of the how-tos and the methodologies and the thought processes and the stories. It's a whole startup package. I'm really super pleased to have you on our call and on our radio show today, Jim. So we, I, I had to cut you off because we had to do a little commercial. I don't even know if I played the same commercial twice because I was so focused on what you were talking about, I haven't even thought about which commercial I was pushing. So if I push the same one twice, my apologies for those people listening in. But just keep going, Jim. So we're, I'm, we're talking about the stuff that they're going to be learning. You started on this concept of bootstrapping. And there's something that's that's just romantic about that concept of bootstrapping. Like you got your hands into it. It's all on your own. Yes, it kind of it, – it's dirty. It, it hurts. It's painful while you're going through it. But, man, there's a sense of pride and ownership by the time you figure that stuff out. 
that would have been way different than you buying that laser thing pointing out on the floor, if you remember in the story that you told a little bit earlier. There was no ownership there. That's just kind of fun. Maybe a little bit of waste of money. But, man, do you have a pride of ownership when you go out there and bootstrap your business. So, uh, Peter, my wife is a shy, quiet woman. And in the six months since she started her business, her personality has bloomed. She's more confident than she's ever been. She's uh, so much happier than she's ever been because she knows that she can now take $100 and turn it into $2,000 every month. And that's a very, very rewarding thing to know about yourself. Absolutely. That is that is for self-esteem, self-fulfillment, all of those things, really a great thing. And I know you're going to say next, man, after you do the first, going from 100 to 2,000 is one thing, but going from 2,000 to 3,000 is a heck of a lot easier. Going to three to five is going to be even easier, right? Once you figure it out, yes. you figure it out. Yes. Yes. So, and I remember in, I'm sorry, I remember in month one sitting here watching her cry on the sofa because she was so frustrated. You're right. It is painful when your feet and your hands are in the mud. But, you know, you wash them off and you keep going. Yep. But the pride of knowing that you did that is something I don't think you could replace with anything else. So, no, all right, so no. so what else are we going to learn if we start to listen to those videos and take your courses? You know, let's talk about something really encouraging called the corridor principle. I really love this. You know, imagine you're standing at the entrance to a really long hallway, and you cannot see into the rooms that are off of that hallway because of your perspective. But as you move down the path of entrepreneurship and you move down this corridor, all of a sudden, you can see into rooms, you can see opportunities that you couldn't see before. Once you start becoming an entrepreneur, you discover boundless, countless, unlimited number of businesses to start. If you, you know, use our principles and focus on looking for problems to solve instead of anything else, if you use that one principle of looking constantly for a problem to solve, you will notice that there is an infinite number of problems in the world, and therefore there are an infinite number of possibilities to make profit. People pay you to make problems go away. Peter, I hate to be naked, and you hate it even more. But as I go out naked, people scream, so I decided to buy these things called clothes so I don't get arrested. I hate to sleep in the rain, so I bought a house, and I hate to walk long distances or even short distances, so I bought a car. I'll pay anything to make my problems go away, right? And it's right. the same thing with business solutions. So the corridor principle is so motivating. It's hard to get started, but what it says is once I get down that path six months, I'm going to start to see more opportunities. And you look at someone 30 years down the road, and you go, well, how did that guy start 24 businesses in his life? Well, I bet you he started one first and he learned something from one and discovered that he could do two. As he moved down the path, the life, the corridor of entrepreneurship. So, you know, people who are sitting here going, wow, I'd love to be an entrepreneur having started 20 businesses. You know what? Go start one mindlessly simple, easy business, you know, that doesn't require a whole bunch of skills, like what my wife is doing. You know, I'll admit it's not a spectacular business. Eventually you're going to ask me what she's doing, and I'm going to tell you, and you're going to go, oh, well, that's not so sexy. And I'm going to go, $2,000 a month, 
$2,000 a month. You know, it is sexy. And you're going to hear what she does, and you're going to go, oh, that's boring. That's not sexy at all. Except that it makes $2,000 a month. That's right. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to ask. I didn't want to put you in an awkward position. But any time you're willing to tell us, you can tell us if you if, – if, if it doesn't – you know, sometimes you just don't know. So I would hate to ask and put you or her into an awkward position of telling me. So whenever you're ready or whatever. I would have brought it up if I didn't. That's why – Normal stuff at wholesale. She buys breast shields that women who are nursing put on inside their bra in between nursings. So the excess milk is collected. She sells that. She sells. Let me let me tell you the list of products. I'm not tell you where. She sells brass and silver cleaning supplies for industrial use. She sells a rack that you hang a heavy baby stroller on behind the door if you live in an apartment or a condo and don't have a lot of space. She sells Fiesta dinnerware, multicolor dinnerware that's very popular and trendy right now. She sells all of that on Amazon. She buys it wholesale, sends stuff to Amazon. Seventy percent of the products that come in a box that say Amazon were actually fulfilled by someone named Megan. And people are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year doing this. It's the least sexy thing in the world, but it makes $2,000 a month after six months with $100 to start. And so uh, it sort of proves my theory, it's not creative, it's not risky, it's not passionate. I promise you, she's not passionate about that business. I'm passionate about the changes it's made in her life and her personality, but she doesn't love selling stuff on Amazon. I promise you. So, she loves you know, our I children. I met a gentleman who sells costume jewelry, and he sells a lot of costume jewelry, and he does a lot of it on eBay. He buys low, and he sells higher than what he bought it for and he just does a lot of it and he makes a nice living doing that so there's a lot of people that are those buy low and sell for more than you bought it for kinds of people and it works for them and obviously the technology behind the amazons and the other companies that help you do that really make a big difference and the sexiness about that is let's face it how much would she have to have in the bank to give her that two thousand dollars a month Geez, you know, some people can't work a lifetime to have that and have the self-discipline to put all that stuff away in a tough economic environment. Your wife's been able to turn that around within a couple of months. That's amazing. That is amazing. It and is. if she did it once, it who knows where she could be after that. Now, let's well, just talk about that corridor principle, Peter, that corridor right. principle. Five years from now, who knows what she'll be able to accomplish? Who knows? Now, let's talk about the change in lifestyle that that will afford her. So being that entrepreneur may not have, like I'll go back to your thing, doesn't necessarily have to recreate the world, doesn't have to be at risk you know, with, with losing your house over something that didn't work out or maybe a business that went out of business for whatever reason and is excited about what she's doing but not necessarily a, a driving passion to find that metal frame that you hang over your door. Um, but as a result of that, learning how to be that entrepreneur what will that mean to her and yourself as a family? We have a lot of people that listen in on the Dash Radio that are those entrepreneurial potential people out there, and they don't realize what that can do to a family as a result of her being able to work from home because she probably hasn't rented an office to go do that. She probably doesn't need well, a whole administration staff. 
Peter, she still has a full-time job. Okay. She she still takes care of our two-year-old baby every day. She still cooks dinner every day, and I'm still satisfied as a husband, Peter. Everything is getting done, and in addition, she's producing $2,000 a month. She didn't quit her job. She still has her benefits. She still works 40 hours a week at a good job, but now she's throwing in $2,000 extra a month while still providing health insurance for me as an entrepreneur. So imagine she's not quit her job. She still has the benefits. So, again, I'm removing every potential excuse. Your excuse was, I can't afford to stop my job and start a business. Well, now you don't need to because Megan has been a role model to show you how to do it without quitting your job. She's still taking care of our two-year-old baby, and she's cooking dinner right now. Wow. You know? And so, you know, she's not given up much. All she's done is make her life bigger. But, you know, $2,000 a month, for 99.9% of the families in America, it's called mortgage and car payments. That's right. Imagine, Peter, if your mortgage and your car payments disappeared from your life. That's and so right. we talk about the long-term implications. You know, that makes it so you can pay off your house twice as fast so that instead of repaying debt, you're accumulating wealth. You know, it changes the, uh, the dynamics of not your life but generational changes. My children will have a better life because they could have a better schooling because mother had $2,000 that didn't go to the mortgage and went to private school instead. Right. Long so she, time generational right. changes we're talking about. That's It's it's amazing. And uh, it sounds as if, of course, she's a talented individual and she's a nice, loving mom, but there's nothing that she did there that she probably, if she was on the phone with us right now, would say, you know what, I think I could teach you how to do something very similar. So you really, you're only limited by your own level of, uh, I use the word creativity, but you don't have to be really creative to actually pull it off. Okay, we have about a minute before we are done. I'm going to leave the last minute to you. Please, even though we might have said it a couple of times, there's some people that might have been showing up maybe a little bit late. Tell them where to go find your stuff. You're listening to Jim Beach, and he runs a website called schoolforstartups.com, and he's going to give us an opportunity. So give us that action step, Jim, if we want to take those necessary steps. The most important thing, Peter, is to look for problems in the world. You have problems. Your friends have problems. Find a problem, and people will pay you to solve it. And if you go to schoolforstartups.com or School for Startups uh, on Amazon, you can get the book for eight bucks. You can buy the you know the actual book for eleven dollars, not the e-book. And uh, then there's eighty hours of video designed to teach you every single thing I know about entrepreneurship. And we sat down and made a list of everything we knew, and we put it into an organized format, and there it was. And so the videos are fun and educational. Uh, we're not PhDs, so we're not going to give you any big high gluten theories. All we're going to do is tell you things that we saw work and didn't work. And so it's designed to be fun and entertaining. Absolutely perfect. Well, thanks, Jim. We're going to close up this radio show on the Dash Radio. My name is Peter Mingles. You just heard fascinating interview with Jim Beach. Go to the website, buy the book, take advantage of the cool stuff that he has. And uh, don't call me back because in the next two or three minutes, that's what I'm doing. I'm buying that book because I have a lot to share with uh, the kids we have in this house. So, Jim, thanks for being on our show. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much for giving me this time and this opportunity. I appreciate it so much. You are welcome. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the show. At The Dash, we know that your time is precious, and your choosing to spend it with us means a lot. To get reminders for our live shows, click follow on the top of any show. Also, subscribe to our blog for articles, inspirations, and great products and services for your ever-growing business at thedashradio.com. For upcoming mobile experience, text DASH to 37404, and don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Dash Radio. Again, thanks for spending some of your Dash with us. We look forward to talking with you again soon. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.